Hey, American Outlaws. This is Justin Brunken again. Um, this is the second edition of our uh, U.S. Soccer Interview podcast, where we take the audio from uh, the interviews that we uh, did with uh, Greg Berhalter, uh, Ernie Stewart, and Brian Remedi. Uh, this is Ernie Stewart. Um, this is where we took your questions and concerns from the member survey and chapter leader calls and uh, took them to U.S. Soccer and got invited to interview them uh, at the soccer house there in Chicago. Uh, this is the uh, interview with Ernie Stewart and me and uh, where he answers your questions. Um, I hope you enjoy. I hope you get something out of this. And uh, uh, we're going to be doing more as well with uh, uh, his counterpart, Kate, for well, he's a sporting director, so uh, his former counterpart, uh, Kate, uh, for, for the U.S. Women's National Team. We will be having Brian McBride on as well and Vlatko uh, in some future conversations. So uh, in the meantime, here is Ernie Stewart and me answering uh, your questions. Uh, enjoy. taking the time to join us today and help answer a few questions we had uh, that our fan base had that they uh, uh, told us from surveys and other d chapter leader calls. Um, no worries. It was actually, uh, so, uh, sorry, Justin. And uh, I just wanted to mention that I thought it was, uh, I thought it was cool meeting each other after the, uh, after the board meeting and, you know, uh, discussing uh, various topics. So um, I thought it was a great idea to um, have the opportunity to speak to our fans. And uh, so great to be here. Yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah, this is a great opportunity. Our fans, I'm sure, and our members and fans, I'm sure will appreciate this. Uh, Ernie Stewart is a U.S. Men's National Team legend. Um, played from 1990 to 2004. Uh, played in three World Cups, uh, 94, 98, and uh, 2002. Uh, he was also either a technical director um, or a football affairs director for a couple teams in the Netherlands, as well as the Philadelphia Union. Um, he was named general manager of the U.S. men's national team, uh, June 6, 2018, and then uh, in August 12, 2019, uh, was named the sporting director uh, for U.S. soccer. Um, and so, yeah, we have a few questions we'd like to ask and our members uh, would like to ask you to get some more information, uh, any information that we can give to our, uh, the fan base I think is a fantastic thing. Uh, first of all, um, could you explain more of what the sporting director's role is uh, and your responsibilities to fans? Yeah, of course. Um, so, um, and I'll go back. I'll back up a little bit because uh, when I uh, got hired first um, as a as a GM, it was very much focused on our on our men's national team, um, and also knowing that there was going to be a women's uh, national team GM as well. I was uh, I was asking questions of what does the overall structure look like within uh, U.S. Soccer when it comes to the technical aspect because I believe. 
um, there's there's uh, a lot of elements that you could connect with uh, with each other. So um, a, a year later, um, it had evolved to a point where U.S. Soccer thought it was good that there would be a, a technical lead. So uh, when we talk about strategies and policies uh, uh, within U.S. Soccer on the technical side, it's actually making sure these are implemented uh, throughout our organization in a, in a vertical alignment away. Uh, but also cross uh, um, cross alignment from from men to women, from boys to girls, um, and and then when you look at uh, at what we're trying to do, there are two uh, there are two streams in that. There's a, a longer term uh, uh, vision and plan um, that has to do with uh, the sport development part. When we talk about coaching education, when we talk about referees, uh, the development academy and club development. Um, and then there's a sports performance side that's more focused on today and the high performance environments that we provide uh, not only for our senior national teams, but also for our youth national teams and extended national teams. Um, and then we're talking about uh, the high performance sides of, uh, of uh, talent ID, um, high performance itself, the, the medical aspect um, and an analytical aspect of, of what we're trying to do on a, on a daily basis. Awesome. Do you have... Uh like some sort of measuring sticks that you have with this role uh, that you kind of go step by step in and um, that the fans can kind of uh, see and uh, understand? Um, measuring sticks when it comes to the total organization itself or uh, yeah so um, right now and that's what these four months have uh, pretty much been about is is making sure that I sat down with all departments from talent ID to uh, to high performance to analytics um, and what that needs to look like and, and making sure that we align each other uh, towards, uh, towards the future. And then every single department has their own uh, way of making sure that they, uh, uh, that they provide to the environment, the high performance environments, um, uh, making sure that this connection is there um, and then uh, reaching and making sure that there's detailed goals that we're, that we're um, looking forward to, to um, getting to, especially in, in the next year. So. Uh, right now, I would say um, these four months have been around that, having these discussions, making sure that we know what our goals are, uh, how that connects to the higher goal that we have of making uh, uh, soccer the preeminent sport in the United States. And there will be measuring sticks on, on, uh, with every single department uh, going forward. So right now, um, there's no uh, GM for the men's team. Uh, how's that uh, process going? When do you expect a new general manager? Um, pretty soon, I actually before uh, we uh, we started this interview, I actually had an interview with uh, with a candidate. So um, it's uh, it's pretty far down the line that um, now we're in the last phase of uh, of interviewing candidates, and and I expect within uh, in the next couple of weeks that we are going to make uh, be making a decision on uh, on who will become the next GM in the for the men. Um, what is like the new GM uh, responsibilities? What are those uh, responsibilities going to be? So everything that has to do with our uh, with our uh, our men's national team from uh, from a performance uh, standpoint, but also uh, looking at the uh, the culture and the environment that we're trying to implement within our uh, within our senior national team. That, that also there's a vertical alignment to our youth national teams. Um, in my eyes, um, uh, on the women's side and on the men's side, the women's side with Kate and then on the men's side with, uh, with the new candidate, um, I think it's important that these high performance environments that we've created uh, with our women's national team and with our men's national team also transcended to our youth national teams. And who better to do that than the person that's in camp all the time 
Um, so uh, apart from uh, the environment with our men's national team, making sure that goes all the way down to our youth national teams as well. Um, one question we get, uh, uh, we've seen a little bit from our uh, membership in U.S. fan base is, um, you know, why is there a requirement that staffers and co coaches must reside in Chicago when, you know, they work and they live and uh, stuff can be done elsewhere? Uh, yeah, it, this is a difficult one for me in the sense because I don't understand the question. Um, that that for me goes to like when you look outside in Chicago, there's all these uh, office buildings over there as well, where all these companies are housed. If everybody could just work from home, it'd probably be uh, yeah, it'd probably be convenient for everybody. Um, but I don't think that's the best way of doing business, especially when you're trying to uh, establish a, a style of play and identity. Um, these are conversations that you don't only have in camp. These are conversations that you have with other coaches. Um, the connection between the coaches sitting in an office room, and I, I, you know, Greg can explain uh, what he does with his coaching staff on a on a daily basis, um, which is uh, which is very important. Um, but also not only Greg connecting with his coaching staff, but also being able to connect with youth uh, national team coaching uh, staff members is going to be very vital and important going forward and making sure that uh, from a style of playing identity there is a connection so i believe that you have to be with each other there's formal ways of, of having meetings with each other but there are also informal ways of having meetings with each other and that happens on a daily basis it's a job it's not something that you can just come together um, every couple of weeks and 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 kind of like go from there um, if we really want to create an identity if we really want to create a style of play you need to be together. You need to be able to discuss it um, at high levels, um, in formal places, in informal settings. And the only way to do that is together um, because we already travel a lot. Uh, we're on the road uh, a lot. Um, and then you have to take the value that you do have with each other um, is, is going to be important. Uh, besides that, we're going to be hiring a director of methodology um, who is also responsible for for the style of play. Um, so he's going to be uh, the one sitting together with all these uh, coaches uh, within our offices and making sure that we're all aligned in what we do. Because in the end, you know, it's, it's uh, what we're trying to do is, um, um, how would you say this in the, in the best possible way? Uh, we might not have the best players at this moment in time when we play the Frances of this world and the Brazils of this world. However, if we as a team uh, function very well with each other um, and that once again has a lot to do with your style of play with your identity then you can outperform uh, these types of countries but if we're just going to throw a ball in the middle and, and see who stacks up best against the uh, the opponent um, without having the preparation uh, and needed preparation in in what you're trying to do on a daily basis when it comes to our style of play and our identity um, I, you know that's that's not going to be a good thing I think within our region we would be fine. We're going to qualify for the World Cup within our region just because we have a better environment than a lot of other countries in our region, except when we go to the World Cup in, uh, in 22 and later on uh, have a World Cup in 26 in our own uh, country. That's when uh, push comes to shove and that's when uh, the performances need to be there at a, at a, at a really an extremely high level, um, not only for our, our, our senior national teams, but also for our youth national teams. And, uh, I think a good example is, is what happened with our 17s uh, as uh, they qualify relatively easy within our, uh, within our region and then we go to a world championship and it's a different level. 
and and being a team, having a style, having identity is going to make you uh, a, a better uh, uh, a better team, and uh, that's why I believe all the coaches need to be together and make sure that we can uh, uh, we can talk about this uh, style of play, we can evolve it uh, to what um, uh, winning in the future needs to look like. Speaking of uh, the future, uh, there is some concern. Uh, out there about some of the vacancies uh, on the youth teams and some of the recent sort of uh, coaches that have left. Um, uh, you know, what is being done right now to help uh, fill those vacancies and just overall on the youth development, the youth teams? So I, I think there are two, um, two separate things. So one, it's, uh, uh, it's bringing the coaches in and then two, uh, I think development, which is something that is uh, really near to my heart. Um, I don't think development only lies within uh, the U.S. Soccer Federation. I think youth development lies uh, much broader within our landscape and we really need to put our hands together in creating an environment uh, where the best play with the best against the best uh, in, a, in a pathway and a, and a pyramid that is, that is clear for everybody. So I would, I would say that that's one of the most important things that we have to put together. And yes, uh, coaches are important for youth national teams, but not only for youth national teams, also for uh, good coaches in general within, uh, within our uh, academy systems that we, uh, that we have. And, and we will be hiring uh, uh, youth national team coaches uh, as, we, uh, as we speak. Also, those interviews are going on. You know, once again, in the last four months, it was uh, sitting down with uh, a lot of departments was one, but two also uh, making sure that there's going to be a, a new GM on board. And then uh, second of all, that we're hiring uh, youth coaches. So uh, one youth coach has already been, uh, been hired, except we're waiting on a visa process. And there's uh, conversations underway to uh, fill those uh, fill those vacancies as, uh, as quick as possible. But also in that, it's also looking at the total landscape of how do we influence our players. Um, and when, what I mean with that is, is it's not only about our youth national team. Sometimes we have these, these two uh, elements uh, falling together where we have a youth national team camp, but we also have games uh, within our development academy system where they're also playing uh, influential and meaningful games. So making sure that this is all aligned with each other, that uh, the influences that we can have at certain ages uh, that they happen in, in certain stages within the year and that we're not uh, conflicting with each other. Uh, because the more meaningful games our players can play, one internationally, but two also nationally, I think we're going to be in a, in a good place. So uh, that is ongoing right now. And, uh, and I hope and, uh, and expect that we'll uh, be hiring uh, uh, coaches for these uh, vacancies uh, fairly soon. I appreciate it. Those are, the, those are the questions we had for you today. I mean, we hope to keep having these sort of conversations with you as we move forward in the future. Appreciate um, the time again and uh, hope to see you uh, very soon. Yeah, uh, no, I appreciate the opportunity as well. And as we discussed uh, within uh, uh, when uh, after the board meeting, when we had a, a really good discussion, which I uh, truly enjoyed, I think it's also important at one point or important at one point, if there's a point in time where um, we're all at a game, um, I'll make myself available so people can uh, ask these questions as well and, uh, and we can interact with each other. And uh, they might have more questions than, uh, than you had for me to, uh, today, but no problem at all. Um, and I'm looking forward to uh, this, uh, this great challenge that we have as a, as a country because uh, I think we do need to evolve, uh, especially when we look at our youth development uh, program because you know the, the head coach of our men's national team and the head coach of our women's national team, Vlatko and Greg, they're, 
you know, we're responsible for uh, the players that they actually get to and, and have to, to perform for them. So we as, a, as, as the soccer landscape, uh, and I say we as our fans and our coaches that we have, our pyramids and our, our academies that we have are all um, very much uh, uh, need to be focused on this, uh, on this pathway that we have for our young talent growing up because um, once we have that as, a, as, as U.S. soccer or, or the U.S., um, I don't think this country can be stopped with everything that we have. But we have to put our hands together and we need to be together at all times, creating that pathway and pyramid for our young boys and girls and, and then delivering uh, a high product to our, uh, to our coaches um, of our men's and, and women's national team. And then we will not be stopped. Thanks, Annie. No problem at all, anytime. Thank you.